Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 130 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen. This week's episode features the founder of one of the world's most premier photo education websites, Aaron Nace. Aaron's chops in the digital darkroom are pretty incredible, and his body of work speaks for itself. Aaron's website, flern.com, that's P-H-L-E-A-R-N.com, is a one-stop shop for all of your Photoshop and Lightroom education needs. Aaron and his team partner with some of the world's best photographers and educators to bring you incredible tutorials that are easy to follow and full of great information. I would be remiss not to mention that listeners can use the code FSTOP20 to get 20% off a subscription to Flurn. Well, this week, Aaron and I explored several very interesting topics, including his journey as a photographer and business owner, what you can expect from Flurn, the future of photography education, strategies for YouTube, mistakes and things that Aaron has learned along the way, and lots more. Over on Patreon this week, Aaron and I talk about how you can differentiate yourself from the crowd as a photographer. Well, before we get to the show, I wanted to tell you again about one of our long-standing Patreon supporters, Danny LeFrancois. Danny is the proud owner of Banff Photo Workshops and Tours in the beautiful Canadian Rockies. Danny is constantly posting photos that make my jaw drop, and I'm sure that anyone looking to get something similar would have a great time work with, working with Danny. She's super personable and down-to-earth. She runs private, one-on-one, -on -one personalized workshops and photo tours where she will help you with just about anything you can think of. Visit BanffPhotoWorkshops.com to check out all the different options Danny has to offer. Okay, let's get to the show. Awesome. Well, Aaron Nace, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. So good to be here. I'm so super excited. Awesome, man. Me too. I um, I was really happy when you guys reached out and wanted to do an episode uh, because uh, you guys are doing a lot of really cool stuff. And I, we're going to dig really deep into that uh, later. But I think first, just so that everyone kind of gets a feel for who you are, maybe kind of just introduce yourself and tell us a little about who you are. Yeah, so uh, my name is Aaron Nace. I am a photographer uh, by trade. Basically, 10 years ago, getting into photography and Photoshop and realized that there was not a lot of great resources for teaching like really interesting stuff in Photoshop, like retouching, special effects, compositing, you know, like high end stuff, which is what I was interested in and kind of what I was like um, making my that. That was like my specialty as a photographer. So I decided to create a free channel on YouTube teaching everything you could ever want to learn in Photoshop from, you know, simple tips and tricks, how you use tools all the way up to high-end retouching. Uh, and that's called flurn.com. So that's probably how I'm best uh, known is through our uh, education platform. Uh, mm -hmm. But my background is also in photography and I'm uh, I'm an avid photographer and um, I love everything digital and technical, and I'm just like a, um, a big old, you know, nerd and <laughs> like 
I'm just I'm into all of it. Um, and then I, I'm really into the uh, the art side of things as well. So uh, it's it's been a fantastic journey. Uh, I kind of wound up in the education world, but I always kind of thought of myself as becoming more of like a commercial photographer mm-hmm. and you never know where your journey is going to take you. Um, and I'm, I, I couldn't be happier with where, where things have gone now. So um, I do mostly education, but still uh, quite a bit of personal photography and photography for our education company. Uh, I also do uh, um, commercial photography as well, uh, as well as commercial retouching and compositing. So um, I work with select uh, photographers to to take care of their images as well. Awesome. So yeah, kind of a, a little bit of everything. You know, these days and age, especially as creatives, it's like, you know, let me get as many income sources and as many diverse ways, <laughs> you know, going on as possible. So, you know, if something is not, uh, you know, not performing as much as you'd like it, you've always got a few different avenues to kind of fall back on. That's, that's kind of been my, uh, been my plan, uh, ever since quitting my job and moving into full-time creative. That's awesome. Uh, so maybe just a little bit uh, more on the personal level, uh, where are you originally from and where do you live now? Uh, I'm originally from Kauai, Hawaii, believe it or not. I know nuts, right? Um, yeah, what town in Kauai? Uh, Lihue. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, where the airport is, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I moved when I was like 12. So, uh-huh. I mean, my memories are just like chasing chickens around and building forts <laughs> and like being a wild kid, you know? Um, so, where the airport is, I couldn't actually tell you. Uh, but I, I couldn't imagine like a better place to grow up. Uh, my two brothers and I just spent all of our time exploring. It's super safe place. And, you know, my parents would pretty much kick us out of the house in the morning, say, just go explore and have fun <laughs> all day long. And uh, we'd come back home for dinner time and uh, <laughs> usually covered in mud or, you know, whatever you have it. But uh, yeah, that was, that was my childhood. Uh, super, super fun. Uh, very connected with just like nature and, uh, wilderness and, and a sense of adventure. And um, I, I think it's really shaped, you know, who I've become as a person because it's like my sense, like my desire for uh, adventure is still very much alive. And, um, you know, everything that I can possibly do to explore a new idea and, you know, get out there and experience the world is, uh, you know, it's kind of my um, driving force. Yeah. So I live in Chicago, Illinois now. It's a big change, you know, small little Island to to a big city, um, live in Chicago now. And, uh, I've been here for about nine years now and almost 10. And, uh, this is what I call home and it's, it's a really, really fun city. I, uh, as far as like large cities go in the United States, it's, it's such an interesting city because it's, it's very accessible. It's affordable. And, you know, there's no pretense, you know, making friends here is extremely easy. Everyone's just trying to have a good time and, and have fun. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, got that Midwestern charm to it. So I really love Chicago and and living in the Midwest. It's uh, quite a change from Hawaii, but, um, it's a really cool place. Like, what were you doing before you decided to launch uh, Flurn? Uh, I was actually, uh, I was a 
industrial designer. So I went to school for industrial design. That was uh, like where I went to university in in North Carolina, actually. And I thought I was going to be a designer, like a product designer. I, I really thought that was going to be, you know, my my life. Uh, and kind of after graduating, I took a little bit of time to travel through South America and realized uh, kind of along the way, I just brought a little camera with me and um, started snapping pictures. And I was like, man, this photography thing is really fun. Um, it's not at all like planning on making it like a career. It was just kind of like something I really enjoyed doing. Uh, you know, I got back and got a job as an industrial designer. And, you know, day in and day out, I just kept thinking about photography. And that was like, you know, where I wanted to spend all of my mental energy. And after a couple, you know, maybe a year, year and a half, I was like, I got to quit my job. Like I got to, you know, all I'm thinking about is photography. It's so much fun. It's constantly challenging me. And, you know, I'm kind of like not being the best employee in the world because I'm here <laughs> working about photography. Right. Um, so it, it took a little bit of, you know, it took a little bit of doing because it's, it's kind of scary to quit your job and, you know, start something new. But uh yeah, I uh, saved up a little bit of money and uh, decided it was it was time. So I put my notice in and um, started started down the path of you know trying to make it work. You know, and there's no like all of us creatives know like there's no <laughs> there's no right or wrong. Like there's no like well defined path as a creative. Like you just kind of like do whatever you can do to make it happen. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of been my uh you know my my approach since day one is like i will i'll figure it out as long as i work hard and i really care about what i'm doing and my passion is there and my energy is there and i show up and do the work you know every single day and try my hardest i really felt like i could make i could make it you know and i feel like you know that that's still to this day you know we're we're 10 years in i've got a thriving uh business things are going really well but still very aware that like the minute i stop you know putting my energy into it and showing up every day and like you know putting my passion in there and doing the work um the minute i let that sort of thing slide the business is gonna is gonna go downhill as well so you know never never been one to just kind of like rest on you know the the work that i put in it always trying to you know, push things forward and, um, and, and put the best energy I can into whatever projects I'm, I'm working on. And that's, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself like a, you know, I didn't go to business school or anything like that, but, you know, just working really hard and really, really caring about what I did and trying my best, like, that's, that's what I know how to do. You know, that's, I can control that. I can, I can control how much work and energy I put into, in, into something. And, you know, that's, you, you can't control like a video goes viral or like you get picked <laughs> up by a newspaper or, you know, you can't control any of that stuff, you know, getting in there and, and doing the work. That's something that, that, that I can at least do my best at. So, so, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting about that is there's a lot of creatives and a lot of photographers that are, working their butts off and, you know, creating amazing, uh, stuff and, you know, things like that, but they're still not really making it so to speak. And I'm curious if you can identify other kind of 
variables that have been pivotable pivotal uh, for your for your success? Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's it's been like I quit my job and I was like, I'm going to make it as a creative. You know what I mean? That was like what I was going to do. <laughs> so you know, focusing a ton of my energy uh, in to my work and my photography but also into the business side of things, you know, like learning every possible thing that I could about like growing and building a business and putting that much energy into, into that sort of thing as well. You know, I, I know it's difficult for artists, me being one of them, you know, to, to do the business side of things. And, you know, I've gone through my existential crisis, you know, more than one time, like, am I just a business person? What happened to me as an artist? Like all this stuff, you know, but at the end of the day, if you can take care of the business side of things, then you can do more art, you can reach more people and you can do more impactful stuff with your art as well. So, you know, the business side of things is daunting and it's very difficult. I mean, I've learned some of the, you know, like, toughest lessons in my life through through owning my own business. Uh, but I've also grown uh, quite a bit as a person. And my view of owning and running a business has changed many times over the years. And I, I would say every few months, maybe every uh, six months or so, my general outlook on what a business is and, and what it means to run a business uh, changes pretty substantially. Uh, you know, in the beginning, it was a lot more about just like, you know, kind of just like more of like a scramble approach, I guess, because like, <laughs> I, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. So that's like, you know, you can't avoid a scramble approach. Um, and nowadays, running a business to me is is very much like, well, we have employees, right? Like we have a like a big functioning like machine that's constantly churning out uh, content, because uh, we're an education company. So, you know, a lot of my business now is like making sure this machine runs as smoothly as possible. And mm -hmm. I'm just a cog in the machine, which I know sounds like totally disheartening. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's not because it's, it's a business that me and the people I work with have built, like we're, we're churning our own machine, rather than churning it for for someone else. So it's it's still getting in and putting the work in and making it happen. But there's a very different feeling when, you know, when you're doing it for for, you know, yourself and your loved ones, your family and 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 the people that you employ as well. So um, it it's it's gone through a constant evolution. And, you know, these days it's just like, all right, what do we for instance, I'm going to Alaska next week. So you know, I wanted to make sure that we could continue to release content while I'm gone. And, you know, that meant like last week, we're working like extra hard to plan out a ton of content. Right. And this week, you know, showing up and working like long, long days and recording even extra. So like doing my job, but then doing like extra stuff on top of my job just to make sure that when I'm gone next week, everyone else has stuff to crank out. And from our... um you know, from our viewer standpoint, from the from our uh, customer standpoint, they're going to have no perception that I was gone for a week or that, you know, uh, the con like, because we we made sure that if there are going to be any gaps in, you know, me teaching tutorials or whatever, they're not going to experience on, on their end, because we've recorded extra content on the front end to make up for the fact that I'm going to be gone for a 
for a week or so. Yeah, I feel that. I do that with the podcast all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it you kind of need to, right? If Especially if we want to, you know, keep your audience around and keep them happy. You got to you got to feed them, you know, you got to you got to keep them engaged. Exactly. You said earlier that there were a couple of uh, a couple of moments or lessons that you learned early on in this process of creating your business. Do you remember uh, specifically what those were? Oh yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I've learned <laughs> I've learned many many a hard lesson in business. I mean, so a lot of the big parts, you know, in business. I, I got to say, when I first started running a business you know, partially, I just had no idea what I was doing, which, you know, is forgivable because, uh, you know, I had never done that before. And I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think it's right to expect to, to know what you're doing when you, you know, you just start something out. Right. So that's, I, I forgive myself for that, but there were a lot of just ways that I thought about things like, you know, I, I had, I looked at business as kind of like an entrepreneurship as like, okay, I'm the entrepreneur, I'm the business owner, I'm the business starter, like this is this is my business. I'm the like I'm the king in the castle and everyone has to listen to me and this is my show and I'm running it and I'm the most important one here. And you know, really just had a ment- like a like a monarchy, you know, like had the mentality of like basically like I'm the one running the show. And everyone listens to me. Uh, and, you know, this is how it goes. List, you know, do what I say or get out of here. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that went really well. It went very well. <laughs> <laughs> it went very well. And, you know, no, it didn't go well at all. It, it was, <laughs> no, not not at all. It, it did not go well at all. It was, um, you know, I basically... I, I built a culture, you know, at, at my business that just like made it not very like enjoyable to, to be here, you know, um, mm-hmm. putting my stress on my employees, you know, uh, just kind of like always focused on working super hard and cranking out as much as possible. And, you know, if someone's not working as hard as, you know, I think they should be, then, you know, like, uh, whatever, just like not, not being that force of like, encouragement more just like the like the drill sergeant type of person (laughs) and you know i think part of that was just by the fact that i was like you know scared kind of constantly right because it's like right your entire livelihood was depending on other people to be to do really good work exactly and like the only thing that i knew how to do was like work really hard um you know but at the end of the day what i had to realize like this was you know this was uh, basically like for me, it was my whole life, right? Like this was the most important thing I was doing with my whole life. And for the people I worked with, this was their job, right? So like, it's a very different thing. And for me to put in all of myself into this project, like, sure, definitely go for it. Like that's, you know, like, if that's what you want to do and that's how you want to build a business for sure. But, you know, it was wrong of me to try to expect that of people I worked with, you know, I wasn't paying them nearly enough money to care that much or work that much. And, uh, it was, 
you know, it was just the wrong mentality to have, like respecting the people that you work with, respecting their time and respecting their energy and like cutting things off and like telling them to go home and like not not expecting them to work crazy hours and like not even letting them work at crazy hours. You know, that sort of thing is really important, uh, especially in, you know, in the long term and, you know, building building like the longevity of a company, you know, like. I don't want to build a business where I'm just like constantly ripping through employees and burning everyone out and everyone's stressed the hell out. Like I'd rather build a business that's sustainable where people can, you know, be comfortable here for years and years and years and feel like they're, you know, they're growing as individuals and they're, you know, they're like their energy and their work has a real impact in the company as well as their say. So it's, um, (laughs) you know, but I mean, getting from point A to point B meant like, some pretty big shakeups, like and some pretty tough lessons and, you know, like some long, long moments of introspection to be like, hey, Aaron, like you're messing this up, like you're making big, big mistakes here and you need to totally rethink the way that like you're operating your entire business mm-hmm. um, and and rethink that my own approach to business as well, like not trying to burn the candle at both ends all the time, like taking breaks, you know, that it's super super important and um you know just taking a bit more of like a long-term approach you know looking things at like what is sustainable how can i continue to do this for you know 10 15 20 years uh versus you know let me just like crank this machine as hard as i possibly can for a few years and then everyone wants to quit and give up so it's a yeah very very different uh you know way of looking at operating a business in general. Yeah. I'm also curious, um, it, along your path, if, if you had any encounters with, um, maybe in your own personal kind of vision or just what you saw in the industry in terms of this idea of kind of competitiveness and like, I, I see that a lot in the photography industry that there's a lot of people that, um, are just kind of, I don't, I don't want to say like at war with each other, but like don't want to work together versus where I see a lot of people succeeding and doing a lot of really cool stuff. They're doing a lot more collaborating and they're working together with other people and they don't view it as a competition. They view it more as kind of a, a high tide rises all boats kind of a thing. I'm curious kind of where have you seen that through your journey? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, that has to do a lot with personality and also like comfort level, right? Like, I feel like in times when I felt more insecure and more afraid, like when fear was driving my decisions, I didn't want to work with people. I wanted to keep everything to myself. You know, this was this was more about my mental state in general. And at times when I felt secure in my being and felt confident in who I was and the business that I was building, open arms, you know, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's work together. Let's build something great together. Uh, so I've, I've definitely experienced it on both ends. And, you know, I have, you know, I think it's unrealistic to, to always say that you're going to be in a mental state that's like, you know, the best possible mental state, right? Like, sure. obviously, that that's the goal is like, take care of your mental health, right? Like physical health, mental health, spiritual health, emotional health, whatever you have it, like take care of that, like number one, because when you're like, 
when you're in a great place physically, mentally, emotionally, like everything else that follows is is going to be like easy and fun and like true to who you are as a person, mm-hmm. you know, but when, when I start to, you know, enter areas of, you know, physical or emotional or mental unhealthiness, then I start to retract from my friends. I retract from my work. I start to think that things are not possible. I start to doubt myself. I start to do less work. I start, you know, eating like crap, gaining weight, watching TV too much, <laughs> like all this stuff. Right. And at the end of the day, it all has to do with the fact that like, I was just not in a great place emotionally or mentally or, or physically. Um, so that's, you know, easier said than done though. Right. Because like, it's easy to get in these situations where like, man, I just like, I've been in a slump for the last six months. Like, I just don't feel myself like myself. I've, I've been depressed. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been in this place. That's like, not that great. And during those times, you know, I have those competitive thoughts, like I'm competing with other people, you know, like I'm, you know, I, I have to like do this on my own type of type of thoughts. But again, when I'm like mentally healthy and doing well, then it's like, yeah, let's like, let's do stuff together. So, you know, obviously my goal is to like always be mentally healthy uh, and, you know, that's a lot of my life is focused around, you know, keeping my mental, physical and emotional health as good as possible. But, you know, I am also very aware and have a history of like, sometimes there are times when you just like, you're not there, you know, like you don't have that. Um, you're not uh, approaching life from that healthy standpoint. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, thankfully I have a lot of markers in my life. Like, you know, when I start to think in certain ways now, after, you know, like getting to know myself, I'm like, Oh, I'm not taking care of myself. Like I'm not doing well. Like I need to, like, I just need to like do like not do better, but like, I, I need to take care of myself mentally and physically more because like, I'm not in a good place. Like, and it can be hard for me, uh, to separate, like the cause and effect, right? The effect is like, oh, my work isn't good and I can't do this and nothing's possible and I'm getting upset with my family and friends over little things all the time. You know, it's very easy to be like, because it's their fault and it is their <laughs> fault and, you know, screw that. And, you know what I mean? It's super easy to like get into that. But, you know, taking a step back, it's like, no, I was just like stressed out and like unhealthy mentally and like blaming all my problems on other people. Like, like nothing really changed that much except for my own mental outlook. So, um, you know, thankfully I have like a really strong, you know, support, uh, 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 you know, like family and friends who can help keep me in check, you know, when I'm going down these paths of like, you know, trying to blame everyone else for my problems. It's like, you know, I've got real strong people in my life to remind me that like, nope, I'm just like got a shitty outlook (laughs) in life right now. And I need to take care of myself because it's affecting literally every that's, aspect of my life. That's cool that you've got the so. self-awareness. I feel like uh, that's often missing because I was really struck by what you said that you're you're aware that when you start to feel closed off and start to blame other people or start to kind of be negative that you realize that it's actually something going on inside of you and not something wrong with 
with other people. I think that's really insightful. Um, well, you know, it's, I mean, it's taken a long time to get there. And like, again, like I've got, you know, people who I trust and love, who I'm very close with, you know, like family and friends and, you know, they're, they're there to help yeah. me too. It's not like, you know, I'm not perfect when it comes to that. Right. It's like, sometimes it takes a little bit of a jog, but you know, having those people in your life that can be like, Aaron, <laughs> like, stop, like, I'm not the problem here. Like you're like, something's going on with you. And then the other side of it to be like, Oh, you know what? You're right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like having those people who can like kind of check you and then also, you know, allowing them to check you. That's, and that can be pretty tough, especially, you know, I, I feel like it's taken me many, many years to, to, to get to that place where, um, where I'll actually listen to someone checking me too, because it's, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it, that's, that's the hard part too. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, close family and friends, right. Who like, you know, they're there for the long, the long term, And you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's, there's really no substitution for people who just like, you know, without a doubt, like they want what's best for you. And, and, and you want what's best for them too. And when you're close with them, especially in a, you know, in a very close relationship, um, you know, I, I think it's very obvious that like when I'm not in a good mental state, you know, the people I'm closest with suffer mm-hmm. with that too. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want that for them. You know what I mean? Like that sucks. Like for, you know, to, for my mental and emotional state to be, you know, negatively affecting their life. So like, that's a lot of the driving force too, is like, I got to fix myself so I can treat them better and like be the person that I like that they deserve. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, I think (laughs) that's awesome. Maybe uh, shifting, shifting gears a little bit. um, Maybe spend a little time and tell us what exactly is Flurn? Like what the heck is that? (laughs) so uh flirn we are like uh basically a one-stop shop for photography photoshop lightroom education so for you know people just taking images on their smartphones all the way to professional photographers graphic designers retouchers uh we have a crazy in-depth catalog of tutorials uh, like I said earlier, you know, we, we've been making tutorials for the last 10 years. Uh, we release a free tutorial on YouTube and on our website every single week. And we have done this for the last 10 years. Wow. So hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of free tutorials, which is a great place to start off on flurn.com. And we also have an entire catalog of more advanced pro tutorials that go in depth. And some of these tutorials are hours and hours long where we show you like how to do things from start to finish. For instance, retouching, you know, things like frequency separation, which is an amazing retouching technique. You know, it's a, you know, you can sign in. First of all, we have a subscription product. So it's fantastic because you pay your annual membership and then you can watch every single tutorial on the site. We also have awesome like Lightroom presets, Photoshop actions, LUTs, Photoshop brushes, all kinds of these other assets that you get as a part of your membership. But, you know, every single tutorial on the site is available. So let's say you're like taking a lot of portraits and you're like, I just need to learn how to retouch. 
you know, we have a brilliant tutorial on frequency separation retouching with included images and Photoshop actions that basically just, you know, take care of the majority of the work for you. Watch this tutorial and you're like, oh, I know how to professionally retouch now. Like, this is awesome. Uh, and then you can jump sidestep a little bit and be like, oh, I want to, you know, do like more HDR and more landscape stuff. We have a, a tutorial on luminosity masks, which we partnered with uh, my friend and landscape photographer, Josh Cripps, who I believe you've had on the podcast. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're using his images to show you how to like master luminosity masks, which is like such a cool technique. And it's, uh, do you, by the way, Matt, do you, use luminosity masks for your landscape work i do yeah i've um probably within the last two or three years i uh switched over and started doing a lot more in luminosity masks can i say probably 90 to 95 percent of my shots in the last couple of years are, i'm doing some form of luminosity mask yeah yeah it's awesome and i looking at your work i i, I would have guessed that because you've got you know fantastic detail in your shadows, midtones, and highlights, like you don't have any, you know, there's no exposure misses in your in your photos. Like I'm seeing the full deal, uh, the the full scope of 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 color and light detail in your photos. Um, and as as far as I know, some combination of like manual HDR plus luminosity mask plus you know like basically like a super great uh, like smart object raw processing workflow in photoshop like that's as far as i know that's that's how to you know get the most out of your images and it it looks like you're getting you know every little bit of depth out of your photos um getting there i, I know for me personally like uh photoshop and luminosity mask and all those kinds of things like that's still i know for a fact one of the biggest areas of growth that i have um but yeah i appreciate appreciate you saying that my photos look okay <laughs> no they look great i mean like i'm i'm getting full detail in you know like like i'm looking at your site now and this patience in time for 2016 from the san juan mountains of colorado you know like getting that much detail in the mountains in the foreground and in the sunset in the sky like that's not easy to do like and and you nailed it so yeah i think you know looks like cool. you got a pretty good you know, pretty good, uh, you know, you know what you're doing. <laughs> it's, it's not easy to do that stuff. It's really hard. No, it's not. I mean, I've definitely, you know, I used to do the whole like, oh, I'll just bracket and throw it all into some kind of algorithm that figures it out for me. And I quickly realized that I wanted a lot more control over, over how the image output actually looked. And, you know, luminosity masking is definitely the way to go if that's what you're interested in so well i was curious uh with with flurn i'm guessing you're not the one that's producing the entire catalog of content obviously i don't think you're i'm guessing you're not an expert in every single type <laughs> of thing so how do you identify um people to partner with and kind of what's your approach to getting them to partner with you and things of that nature yeah for sure so uh when we're looking to bring people and and we do by the way we 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 do partner with artists um mostly i'm looking for like uh people who are really passionate about their work and are doing interesting things in post production and photography and also like uh just on a personal level like 
I I'm really excited about like sh- like kind of spreading uh spreading artists in into this world, right? Like obviously there are you know a bunch of high profile uh, photographers and artists that we all know about, and you know learning from them is super cool. And there are also a bunch of people out there who just doing incredible stuff that maybe we haven't heard about yet that like deserve some of the spotlight. And uh, for me, I'm like, let's bring the spotlight to those individuals. Um, and, you know, their work is up there on par. They're doing incredible stuff. And not to say that they're going unrecognized because that's just not true at all. But I'm I'm interested in like finding like new and up and coming talent and just people who are like doing really cool things um and and really just featuring their work so um really it's uh it's a combination of like the work people are doing and then also uh, people's enthusiasm about teaching and Mm. uh being on camera because all of our tutorials are video tutorials so like you know our instructors like before anyone goes on camera with us we spend a lot of time like training and working with people just to be on camera because it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's a, <laughs> well, it's a whole new skill set and it's kind of, it's kind of tough. And, um, some people just don't want to do it. You know, like there, there are pl- plenty of amazing artists out there who just like, don't want to be on camera. Um, and th- maybe, or maybe they find being on camera, but like, they're not that enthusiastic about teaching. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're an education platform. So like, we want everyone who's teaching on a platform to like be into teaching to like be really excited about it and like you know really want to share their work with uh you know with students so um that's what we look for you know it's a it's a it's a you know cool combination of you know like interests and skills that that it takes to to come on but you know we're in such a cool place like as a company because we've been making tutorials you know photoshop photography uh you know software and you know photography tutorials for over 10 years and like so we have an entire staff of like awesome people who just like like day in and day out we're cranking out tutorial videos so what that means is when we partner with a new person like that person doesn't have to worry about any like the technical the organization the like how to form a tutorial like you know like they if you we equate this to like more like act uh like movies right yeah like (laughs) <laughs> they would be they would be like the actor, right? They'd be like the talent, and we take care of all of the direction, the production, the packaging, the marketing. Like basically, we would be the production company and the marketing company behind them, and basically they can show up, like perform their amazing work on camera, and uh, and we take care of everything else. So that is so cool to be in that position of like. Once we like work with and partner with an artist that we're excited about, like we have like we have the platform to like really, you know, show them to the world in in like the best possible way um, while making it really easy for them too. Mm-hmm. 
Well, man, you just sparked a whole ton of questions in my mind, so you're going to have to just bear with me. Uh, <laughs> sure. So do you have people reaching out to you to say like, hey, man, uh, I really want to like produce some content for you? Or are you guys actively seeking out different content creators? And I guess a follow up to that is how are you how are you finding people? Yeah, so we definitely have people who reach out to us. Uh, we find most people by uh, like searching internally. Like we are on a constant search for new instructors and and people doing amazing things. So uh, you know, we find people just like any uh, any anyone would. You know, like Instagram is a big part of it. Like you know, <laughs> uh, we're you know. Like uh, as photographers, like Instagram is a great social media outlet, right? Um, but it doesn't stop there because Instagram doesn't really give us any idea of like, are you enthusiastic about teaching? Like, do you want to be on camera teach? You know what I mean? Like, so the that's kind of where things start with like Instagram searches. Also, you know, through our own network of family and friends and, you know, people who uh, work with us on our channel, you know, we have, for instance, we partnered with Elise Swopes in Chicago. Uh, she's on Instagram at Swopes, S-W-O-P-E-S. She's a fantastic photographer. She does this work, like really high-end, beautiful compositing, and she does it all on her phone. Yeah, yeah. Which is nuts. Uh, so she's a Chicago native, right? Like I want to support you know, our, our local community as much as I possibly can. She's also, you know, just doing really badass work and she's using her phone. So to me, like, that's the new generation of like, okay, here's, you know, me in the studio teaching on a desktop computer using Photoshop, right? That's like right. what I would consider kind of like the classic generation of photo editors. And here's Elise Swopes, you know, showing how to do this really cool stuff on her phone and like that is definitely where things are going that's the next generation yeah. so you know finding a person like elise who's just like a you know badass individual in general and doing something that's like totally different i mean it's similar because she's doing photo compositing but she's doing it on her phone right so it's uh you know it's just something that like i was so super happy to bring that to our audience as like you know here's something totally new that you might not have even known was possible right 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 and i'm guessing too that you guys probably i'm guessing you know come up with a list of ideas or things that you want to teach that maybe you don't have expertise in house and you're kind of figuring out who out there might be able to teach that particular subject a hundred percent exactly yeah. exactly right. so we have our content uh planned out you know as of now we have uh, just about all of our content planned out for the next, I would say, four to five months. Nice. Um, cool. And you know, that's a it's a lot of content. You know, we're talking about many, many, many videos and tutorials, spanning a bunch of different topics, working with a bunch of different people on a lot of projects. So, uh, it's it's a lot of content, and we, you know, we try to stay as far ahead as possible, um, and. We have basically what we're working on now are all kinds of really cool series. So, you know, rather than a bunch of like individual one-off tutorials, um, we can guide people through an entire series of tutorials. And mm -hmm. as we build out new series, those series will dictate uh, who we work with and who we bring in. Uh, 
as they fit in the series. But, you know, sometimes, to be honest, like someone comes across our plate and we're just like, this person's awesome. Let's just see if we can get them in here and like, let's see if we can work with them. Um, so it happens, you know, it happens in, in a bunch of different ways. But um, we've been super fortunate to have like really, really great people on our platform and, uh, you know, teach things that uh, obviously there are other educations out ed- education companies out there like there we're not the only people you know teaching photoshop and photography um we do specialize in software which is kind of like our niche where like you know you can go on a bunch of different other platforms and you're not really going to experience like high end software stuff like you do on flurn so that's kind of like our specialty and we're also bringing new people to the to the game that you're not going to find on other platforms so sure. you know it's really about the focus of our content and the instructors that we choose that, you know, really kind of make Flurn a unique experience. Um, also, just the training that we put into, you know, teaching everyone who's on camera and the production. So it's, you know, every single video you watch on Flurn.com is, you know, goes through our rigorous production standards. So it's it's not like, you know, there's some websites out there where anyone can upload a video and, you know, one video might look great and have good production quality, but then another video might be like in someone's office and they, you know, the sound isn't that good and it's hard to follow along, things like that. Like, you know, we've all probably experienced, uh, you know, that <laughs> sort of like open marketplace. Um, sure. we're, we're a lot more like a curated education company where like everyone who comes to our doors, uh, gets, gets the same treatment. Um, you know, whether they're an instructor or, or a customer, they're mm-hmm. all, you know, it's, it's going to be a very consistent experience from, you know, day one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I, I can under I can appreciate, uh, you not wanting to go into detail for my next question. So answer it however you'd like, but, uh, I'm kind of curious how, like, how are you paying the people that are producing content for you? Like, is it a, a royalty process or is it more of just a, Hey, we want to, we want to have you do X number of tutorials for us and we're going to pay you a flat rate uh for for that content yeah that really depends on um we have a different relationship with each individual person okay um but everyone who we work with gets gets paid no matter what the performance of their tutorial uh or or their content is so everyone uh at you know um at base is is getting paid uh and you know, we have all types of other deals worked out for anything, um, you know, anything else. But um, yeah, every everyone who's on our platform is, you know, you're coming in here, you're putting in the work, you're going to get you're going to get paid like there's you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're all artists and like, you know, I am an artist myself. And so like, at, at the very base, it's like, I want to support other artists, like not only, you know, through spreading their work, uh, through our, uh, you know, channel of millions of people, but I also want to support them financially as well, because that's a very, like, we need it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I just feel super cool to be, you know, to be doing this, uh, and to have built a company where like, you know, me starting out as just the artist figuring out how am I going to get paid? How am I going to get paid? And now we're the company that can actually pay artists to do exactly what they love. And, you know, there's, there's no compromises on, on, on their end. 
Cool. That's awesome. Um, so I have a, one more follow-up question um, in regards to, uh, you know, being on video, in the studio, in front of the camera, um, kind of, as you said, not everyone is super comfortable with that. And uh, in our kind of our current, uh, I don't know, culture of internet where there's anonymity and people are, can be pretty mean and harsh. Um, I've heard, I've gotten some feedback from some female photographers that are really great educators that they don't, they don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, not because they're camera shy or because they're not capable of speaking eloquently and, you know, doing a great job, but they're not comfortable because of all of the ridiculous comments that, um, unfortunately we've a lot of men make, you know, like, Oh, she's fat or, you know, just ridiculous stuff. Um, have you guys encountered that at all? And I'm curious, kind of like, kind of what do you, how have you kind of seen that in your business? Uh, we don't allow it. No, that's, that's, uh, that's never allowed on our channel. We are a beacon of positivity and acceptance. That is very much a part of who we are as a company. We're not some anonymous company that's just like, you know, cranking out content. Like, there is a person behind every one of these videos. There is, you know, we are a, a personality and individual based company and we have been from day one. So uh, we monitor, especially, I mean, if a person wants to make a comment on a video that I'm in, you know, thankfully we have a very strong community of people uh, who will pretty much police that and i've been in videos for you know 10 plus years now and trust me i've received my share <laughs> of comments out there that have really hurt my feelings uh you know and it's still they still hurt to this day you know so like definitely you know that that sucks um but when it comes to anyone guest on our channel all of our comments are moderated. We release free tutorials with those guests on YouTube. Those comments are all moderated and accepted one by one, as well as all the comments on our website are uh, are moderated. So we do not allow any type of discrimination or uh, you know hate speech or any type of negativity on any of our channels. Um, it is it is very. It's it's moderated out before it ever shows up. Have you had any of your um, teachers and your talent, have any of them expressed similar concerns about that kind of stuff? I don't know. Has this ever come up before? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it comes up. I mean, you know, anytime you put yourself out there, uh, you, you open yourself up to, you know, individuals who are maybe not enjoying their state of, uh, you know, their emotional mental health at that time. <laughs> Um, and they might want to take out their, um, you know, they might want to take out their feelings on, on people they don't know on the internet. Uh, so it, yeah, of course it, it happens. Like that's a, it's a very common thing, but, um, you know, that's, that's built into who we are as a company. Like we, we do not support that. Like we are not, we do not stand for that. We, we stand up against anyone who would, you know, uh, be a force of negativity uh and hate and uh, intolerance on 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 the internet or in person so um that it's built into who we are and anyone who's on our platform they know that that is that you know it's not going to be a part of their experience here cool 
Well, so speaking of photo education, I'm kind of curious as someone who's been uh, in the game of photo education for a long time and kind of seen it evolve in that time period. What, where do you see the the future of photo education? Like what what's kind of the emerging technologies and methodologies and kind of what are you seeing in terms of people's demand for photo education? Yeah, I mean, basically education in my opinion should go with the, you know, with the trends of uh what people want to learn, right? Like uh everything that I teach is based on what people want to learn. So the the customers and the students, like they come first, right? Like, hey, there are, you know, for instance, like Photoshop for the iPad is coming out pretty soon, right? Like yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a big deal. Like that is super cool. So you better believe we're going to be teaching that, right? Like, uh, you know, people are moving more towards their mobile devices. So, you know, we are going to, you know, like I said, we just uh, brought a tutorial with Elise Swopes teaching how to do compositing on her phone. So, you know, it's all driven by uh, what people want to learn. That's that's number one. And we're here to provide them the education uh, that they need to, to, to do that sort of thing. So as technology progresses, there's always going to be new uh, new techniques and, you know, new ways of doing things and, uh, you know, my goal is to be there for them. So, you know, when, you know, when they want to learn something new, uh, they've, they've got a home for it. It's learn.com. Mm-hmm. Cool. Have you guys, um, one of the emerging trends that I've seen is that a lot of people are starting to do kind of like these, uh, virtual workshops. There's a really well-known photographer. I actually just had him on the podcast. It hasn't well, by the time this one comes out, he it'll have been aired, but his name's Ian Plant. And uh, he's kind of doing these uh, videos, but it's like in the field and he's teaching people different techniques like compositional techniques or camera setting techniques and things like that. Have you guys, have you guys thought about exploring that particular area of photo education? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, we do, we, and we have shot tutorials in the field as well. We have a tutorial on Flurn called Photography 101, which is completely taught in the field. Um, you know, going over all the basics uh, of, of photo education. So um, yes, most definitely uh, doing a lot in the field. Um, like I said earlier, we are primarily a software education company. That's really like sure. where we focus, because uh, it's such a huge part of of photography and and of image making. You know, like getting out in the field, obviously very important. But what do you do with your images once they've been taken? Like, how do you make them look their best? Uh, software is a big, big part of this, and um, that's that's our primary focus. So uh, we do when you know when the time is right and the opportunity is right, we most definitely do get out in the field, but. Um, you know, we, we focus primarily on, uh, software education and, um, you know, we have a, a studio built out to, to teach that. So, um, yeah, good, good question. And it's, it's something that's always, you know, like obviously getting out there and like, you know, shooting tutorials on the top of a, you know, 14,000 foot mountain sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> like, heck yeah, let's do that. Um, so like the, you know, just like the adventure side of my, personalities always like yeah let's go do it um you know but at at our core you know we are 
um, we are the top software education company out there for photographers. And, you know, that is where we focus our primary, uh, our primary, um, you know, all of our resources pretty much. Um, not to mention that we are, because we have a subscription-based platform, um, we release pro content every two weeks. So on the dot, every two weeks for, you know, years. Uh, and this is, these are, you know, tutorials that are hours and hours long covering, you know, things like luminosity masking, frequency separation, where you get the sample images, you know, start to finish, like really highly produced tutorials. And we release them every single two weeks, you know, without stop. Um, and so that type of production and that type of turnaround, uh, you know, is, is something that, you know, like I said, we schedule all of our content months and months out in advance. So, you know, if we're going to go spend a month in, you know, it, in an exotic location filming a tutorial, we can do that. Um, but what it requires is that we film like three months of content on, on the front end um, so we can hit our consistent release schedule. Yeah. So, and are, I know you, you had mentioned you're doing a lot of tutorials in Lightroom and Photoshop. Are you guys also delving into stuff like Capture One and Skylum and like MS Paint? <laughs> <laughs> I did a April Fool's tutorial in MS Paint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. Um, yeah, we are, uh, Capture One is in the, uh, is in the, um, uh, the queue. We don't have uh, tutorials primarily. We have a couple tutorials uh, like our product photography tutorial with uh, photographer Ross Floyd in which we use Capture One um, and we have some tethered capture tutorials with Capture One as well, but we don't have any Capture One tutorials uh, where we focus primarily on Capture One yet, but that's in the queue. It's coming down the pipeline. Um, and yeah, as other programs uh, start to you know make it into the mainstream, and provide things that, um, you know, either can't be done in Photoshop or maybe, you know, Photoshop falls out of favor. Or there's just a different or better way to do things than other programs. We'll most definitely uh, teach those as well. Awesome. Well, I was also curious about some of your thoughts on YouTube, because I think you had mentioned before that you kind of got your start in YouTube. You were releasing a lot of free content on YouTube when you first started out. Uh, I th I'm guessing kind of before you got super deep into your, um, your company. And I'm curious, uh, what are some of the strategies you see as working for people that are releasing content on that platform? Yeah, I think with any platform, consistency is key. You know, like if you can release content at least once a week, no matter what platform you're on, you're gonna start to gain some traction. And you know, if that content is high quality, you're going to gain more traction. So, um, like I said, we've been releasing at least one free tutorial on YouTube for the last 10 years, uh, you know, which is like, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit of content. It's a lot of content. You know, you type in the word Photoshop in YouTube and there's a pretty good chance you're going to stumble upon one of our videos. Uh, and, you know, that, that requires a, a great deal of, um, you know, a, a great deal of effort. And, and, you know, we are also very active on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook. And um, I think anyone looking to build some sort of a, a um, community base on any social platform, consistency and quality, you know, will, will always outshine any type of, you know, like 
quote unquote strategy uh, that you have. I mean, of course, there are ways to like get attention on these platforms, but at the end of the day, you know, like they're just other people that you're interacting with, you know, on on these platforms, and you know, like. People recognize quality. They recognize effort. They recognize when you're putting your love and energy into something and and they'll respond to it. So, um, you know, I would say choose a platform that you're genuinely excited about, something that fits with your brand. And for most photographers, I feel like Instagram is just like the perfect platform out there. And then, you know, post consistently and try to interact with people and don't do it from like a, you know, like a, I have to interact with people because this will help build my brand. Like, you know, if you're doing it from, from that standpoint, like what's the, what's the point? What's the deal? Like if you're not genuinely excited about like interacting with people online, um, you know, why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Like it's like people can see through any type of like automatic or just like, you know, strategy that doesn't have any heart behind it everyone who I know who's built like fantastic followings, like you go through their Instagram feed and like, you can tell like they are being themselves and they're interacting with their community. Like that's what builds a community, you know, just like posting shit like every so often and like not caring about what you're doing. Like if you don't care about the work you're putting in, why would anyone else care? You know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is authenticity, consistency, and uh, interactivity. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I think just in everything you do in life, and if you can't bring those things into, uh, into one of your, you know, like, you know, if you just like, you know what, I can't do that with social media right now, I don't have the time, or I'm just not interested, then like, you know, don't do it. Like, just don't do social media, you know, like, don't, you know, I would much rather not do something than half-ass something. Like it's, you know, like you can do a few things very, very well. And in my opinion, it's better than doing a lot of things poorly. So, you know, Mm -hmm, for instance, mm -hmm. like we are, you know, our business, we teach primarily Photoshop. We teach photography in Lightroom, things like that too, but primarily Photoshop and we've focused on that for years and years and years. And, you know, when people want to learn Photoshop, like there is no better place they can go than flurn.com. Like I can say that with pride, like that's true. Like a hundred percent. Like I, like, I mean, we've put thousands and thousands of hours into making this the best possible education platform. Like, and if you want to learn after effects, you're not going to learn that at flurn.com. You know what I mean? But that's okay. You know, we have a thriving business. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where like, if you focus on something and put your all into it, like there, I mean, especially with the internet now, like there's billions of people on this earth. Like even a small, small niche can support a thriving business. So if you have something you're interested in and you can really put your entire heart and soul and energy and effort into it, then, you know, you can most definitely build uh, a really solid uh, social media following or business or really whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I know of a few artists that, you know, they, their entire income for who they are is a hundred percent, like maybe like 95% 
video tutorials of post-processing and it's it's literally like not that much content like maybe 10 20 videos max you know it's it's but they but you can tell when you watch them like they put everything in their heart their passion everything is in it and like when you watch you learn a lot you know so um i think like you said it's definitely you it's important to 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 focus on your passion and your effort um i guess what you're saying too is you can't just release a, a, a YouTube video or an article that says, this man opened Lightroom and you'll never know what happened. You'll never guess what happened next. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can, you know, you know, like, <laughs> there are people who do a lot of clickbait stuff out there, but at the end of the day, like that's, uh, you know, the quality will always rise to the top, you know, like you can absolutely, you know, if, if you, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you can release a bunch of those videos, but, you know, it, it might not be in your best interest long term. Well, cool, man. So kind of winding down, I'm curious if you have any recommendations for other people that might be interested in being on the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, my friend Pierre Lambert, Pierre T. Lambert on Instagram, um, he's uh, awesome. I mean, he did, He's like more like travel photography, like he's a nonstop travel person you know he's going to like uh japan in a week and then i mean every time i talk to pierre he's just in a different country so um he's got a youtube channel where he teaches photography as well so i, I think he'd be a real cool person to have um on on the channel he's uh natively from france and lives in the united states uh now so um he's got a real cool perspective on on photography and about travel plus he's just like super super into it um, and, uh, this is kind of like his, uh, um, like he's making it happen. You know what I mean? Like build, building his photography, uh, business and his, um, like YouTube, uh, following and everything and Instagram. Like this is like, this is his super, super passion in life right now. So I, I think it'd be That's a great so person cool. yeah, to talk to. Um, That's awesome. um, yeah. And then another friend of mine, Alex Shian. Uh, his last name is spelled Q I A N Alex Sean. Um, actually I just met Alex the other day. We were photographing, uh, Chicago henge together, uh, which is like when oh. sunsets at like the perfect angle to where it's like shines right through all of the buildings downtown. I didn't know there was one of the um, in uh, Chicago. I knew about the one in Manhattan, but, uh. Yeah, the Manhattan Henge is like the big one that um, I, I I had heard about. Uh, but yeah, there's one in Chicago. It happens twice a year also. So it was just, uh, it was a couple of days ago. Actually, if anyone's, I mean, this is not live, so it's not going to help out. But uh, <laughs> like yeah, September like 18th through the 20th um, was when, when it was happening in Chicago. And I, I actually took some uh, beautiful photographs that I'll be posting on my personal Instagram today. Uh, and my personal Instagram is AK Naser. That's A-K-N is in Nancy, A-C-E-R, if you want to check those out as well. Cool, man. Well, Aaron, this has been a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, uh, so much fun. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I feel like it's just been a, you know, real cool, like refreshing conversation about a bunch of stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, um, you know, I hope I can make it out to, you know, Colorado and come hang out with you. Maybe we could shoot some stuff. My brother lives in Denver, Sweet. Colorado. So, um, you know, I'm out in Colorado at least a few times a year. So 
it'd be super cool to, you know, if you want to go on like a hike or, you know, climb a mountain together and take some pictures, I'd, I would love, uh, really love to, you know, join you. Awesome, dude. I will definitely let me know when you're in the area. We'll definitely try to figure out a way to pull it off. Awesome. Awesome. I will. Cool, man. I will. All right. Well, thanks to Aaron for joining us on the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, there's even more to listen to over on Patreon. At $5 a month, you can enjoy all of our bonus episodes. So check it out. Just visit patreon.com slash fstop and listen. Well, another way to support the show is to leave us a review over on iTunes. A five-star review is the best way to support the podcast, other than Patreon, of course. Well, speaking of Patreon, thanks to you amazing, amazing, amazing patrons, we reached one of our main goals for the podcast. I promised almost two years ago that when we reached $1,000 a month, that I would develop a Landscape Photography Conservation Award. Well, we have reached that mark, and I have developed a criteria for that award, and we are actively seeking nominations. Check out my blog at mattpainphotography.com to learn more and to nominate someone. We have received some awesome donations and sponsorships from listeners and brands that are highly aligned with our message of responsible landscape photography. So far, the award is over $1,500, and we have some incredible bonus awards given to us by amazing brands including Shimoda Designs. They've, they're donating uh, $780 worth of uh, camera bag equipment. Uh, Read Art and Imaging is donating $500 towards the purchase of a high-end acrylic print. Uh, Tamron is, is uh, donating a 45mm f1.8 lens, which is a $600 value. Uh, Viewbug is donating a uh, Pro Plus membership, which is a $180 value. And QT Luang is donating a limited edition copy of his award-winning photo book, Treasured Lands. It's a photo book all about the 61 United States National Parks with location and photography notes for each photograph. That thing is valued at $245 and you should definitely check it out. Well, let's talk about the people who are helping make this whole thing possible. Uh, there's a group of people that have been supporting the podcast for quite a long time at the $20 level and higher. Uh, thank you guys so much. I can't, I can't even thank you enough. Uh, Michael Howard, Jack Curran, Eric Stenslin, Chris Rice, Jeff Peterson, Charlotte Gibb, David Kingham, Anton Everine, Laurie Berenson, William Nurse, Ken Dono, Danny LeFrancois, James Bacavoy, Matthias of Photomagica, Richard Wong, Zachary Smith, Gary Randall, Frank Otto Peterson, Michael Rung, and Suzanne Mathia. All right, well, let's talk about who's coming up on the show. Next up, we have uh, Brenda Petrella. She is a nature photographer and educator from the state of Vermont. We have Michael Fry, who is known for his incredible landscape imagery of the Yosemite Valley. Uh, we have Mahesh Thapa and Dylan Fox from Australia. And we have Carl Vandenboom. And then lastly, I'm really excited about a, a group conversation coming up in January with Suzanne Mathia, Alex Noriega, Alex Nail, Guy Tao, Len Metcalf, David Cobb, and Sean Bagshaw. We're going to be talking all about food, photography education, and it's going to be really interesting. All right. Well, thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>